Good evening and welcome. You're listening to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Cock, and this is a program in which we have a guest who is a person of note, and we find out what makes them tick and what they do. And recently, Bernard Kruger, who is the artistic director of the Drockensburg Boys Choir School, was in Johannesburg for some Christmas concerts, and I managed to get him to come into the studio and talk to us. Good evening, Bernard. Good evening, Richard, and good evening to all the listeners. It's wonderful to have you on the program. You've never been on this program before, and so you're going to tell us all about yourself and what you do and where you've been and how the choir is doing, because it's uh, the choir is now just over 50 years old, I think. Yes, we've celebrated 51 years this year. Uh, we had a big uh, half-centennial last year, and uh, it, the choir is doing really well, and the school is doing really well. Excellent. And is it full? Yes, we we have uh, about 112 boys at the moment. We we try to keep between 110 and 120. So we're very happy with our numbers at the moment. And uh, for next year, it's looking quite good as well. I'm quite interested to know how you get the boys. How, how do you choose the boys to be at the school? It's hard work. Uh, we, we need to travel a lot. We need to go out to schools uh, across the country to, to find talent. And at the same time, we need to find boys who can function independently. They, they need to come and live in a boarding house. They need to be able to make their own bed and uh, wash their own hair and brush their own teeth when, when they're nine or ten years old. And be away from mom. Exactly, yeah. And that's not always so easy. No, and I, I think it's easier for the boys than for the moms. I think the moms struggle a lot more than the boys. Yeah, I was, I was at a boys' boarding school too from the age of seven or eight uh, and uh, well it was not so easy for me either but I you know you get used to it and by the time that it came for me to leave I was extremely sad to leave yeah I think uh, uh, the the interesting thing about our school is that it ends the, the boys have to leave at the end of grade nine which means they still need three more years of of high school in what you'd call a normal school or normal normal yeah, yeah. environment. So for us, it's it's not the end of the road for them, you know, and many of them go continue into boarding uh, in in the next three years as well. And I'm sure many of them continue in music also. Yes, they 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 try, but uh, there's generally uh, it, it's a bit of a drought out there in in many schools, which is which is quite sad. But at the same time, there are some schools where things are flourishing well and we try and help the boys to to end up in a place where they can also flourish your first choice is the theme from caravans by mike bat it's played by the national symphony orchestra that was the theme from the film caravans which was uh, it was released in the, the year 1978 i wasn't born at that time but uh, I, th I think the music far out uh, out outclassed and outperformed the film itself and the theme was very popular here in our country I believe uh, during the the early 1980s and I was born in 1980 and there was a big military tattoo tattoo in uh, in Durban it was Republic Day on the 31st of May and I was 10 months old at the time I'm, I've been told all of this by my mother it obviously. was your first concert <laughs> yeah I, I think so but my mother tells me that I, this music was playing 
uh, this theme was playing and I suddenly stood up and I gave my first steps. I started walking and it, it was a big picnic, one of those big picnic concerts. And so that, that theme, every time I heard that, this music, uh, my mother used to tell me this story. And I think from there, it's just stayed with me. And it's one of those pieces that has a theme that you can't forget. You know how scary this is, because you said you were born in whatever year it was, and that the choir school was now 51 years old. I can remember going to the choir school in 1967, because <laughs> I was staying nearby on holiday. Yes. It was my last year at school, and an aunt from East London had invited me to go on a holiday to the Drakensberg. We drove up from East London in a Morris Minor. My goodness. Uh, up to whatever the hotel is nearby there. And we stayed. And the school had Champagne just... Champagne Castle. Champagne there, Castle. Yeah. And the school had just opened that year. And she took me down there to meet whoever it was. I can't even remember who it oh, was. John Tungay, John the founder. John yeah. Yes. And we went down there because I was already uh, sort of involved in music when I was at school. Uh, very interesting. So... Your first steps were to music by Mike Bat. This is amazing <laughs> and wonderful. But you've come a long way since you took your first steps uh, at a tattoo. Yes. Uh, wh where do you come from, actually? I was born in on the East Coast uh, on, in the Toti, so south of Durban. And I had this small town beach resort kind of uh, upbringing. Uh, we used to go to the beach after school in the afternoons and it, it it was just really relaxed and very nice to live in Durban it's a great city and I grew I, I lived there until I left home basically at the end of high school so it uh, it's it's been a very interesting place and and I've learned a lot you know from all the different cultures in Durban there's the, the Zulu kingdom is is nearby <laughs> well it's it's all it's all over <laughs> And how did you get involved in music? Well, perhaps we should hear the next piece of music, which is the Pavan for a Dead Infanta by Maurice Ravel, and then you can tell us how you got involved in music. Steph Albert Botmer is playing. Steph Albert Botmer, young South African pianist. Well, he's not so young anymore. He was uh, playing the Pavan for a Dead Infanta by Maurice Ravel. The choice of Bernard Kruger, the artistic director of the Drakensberg Boys Choir School, who's with me in the studio tonight. How did you get involved in music? I, my mother was a music teacher, so I think I was kind of born into the mus the life of a musician, and uh, I, I always resisted it. Uh, I, I was always good at it. My my mother taught me the piano when I was two years old and I started singing with her next to the piano and she made little recordings of us uh, together which still exist I hope they they do they do but I keep them locked away uh, never to be found I might be blackmailed one day uh, so it, it kind of just spiraled uh, I suppose I was always the only boy in the school who played the piano especially in a beach beach town like I've mentioned where you should be surfing yes exactly <laughs> uh, so it, it it had its challenges but I think the for me it, it all started when when I realized I could play things that I heard on the radio and when I started playing songs that people recognized uh, even the girls in the school were all swooning and I, I got a lot of attention because I could play songs that were on the hit list and on the on the billboards, so I think I was always 
center of attention and I liked it. You were then on the hit list yourself. I, yes, it, yeah. it, 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 I, I had to become somebody who could uh, kind of deal with with criticism and applause at the same time. And celebrity. Well, I wouldn't call it celebrity. It was more, I, I had to sometimes be the class clown. Uh, but I think that's just part of my nature and I think it's part of why I, I like creative things. And what about choral music? Where did you get involved in that? It's actually a funny story because I, I've never been involved in choirs all of my, my young person's life. Uh, I, I was always a member of orchestras. I played French horn in the KZN youth wind band, and I played double bass in the evenings uh, in the pit at the opera house in Durban uh, for their summer productions. And so I was always an instrumentalist. And I went to university in Potchefstroom, and I met Avi van Weyck, the great choral conductor, and I joined the choir just for fun because I thought I'd meet people. And that changed my life. Well, it's a fantastic story. And we're going to hear more about your choral music life in a moment. We're going to hear music now by Johann Sebastian Bach, the great J.S. Bach. But this is in a slightly different version. It's the Jacques Lucier trio playing the air from the suite in D. That was the Jacques Lucier trio playing the air from the suite in D by Johann Sebastian Bach, a beautiful crossover version, if you like, of that famous air. And somehow I sort of have associated you, because we've our association goes back quite a long way too, mm. to when the days when you were at Kersney. Yes. I think that was the first time I met you. Yes. You were teaching at Kersney, and we used to do a choir festival sort of thing in the Midlands, uh, not the Midlands, in Coof. In the, in the, on the highway area. And that yes. beautiful Macaranga. Garden, Macaranga. Beautiful yes. gardens there. Yes. Uh, and then you left Kersney to go to the Drakensberg Boys. Yes. But I think you'd been there shortly before that as well. Yes. I, I started working as the second conductor. Was this now after you left this university? Was, yes. After university, I, I went to the Netherlands for two years. I studied music there. I studied conducting and French horn and came back from there and uh, took up a position at the KZN Philharmonic Orchestra and played French horn for a for a few months. And then I was contacted by Rudolf de Beer, who was then the second conductor at the Drakensberg, and he invited me to come and audition. And I started working there in 2006 with Bunny Ashley Botha, who was kind of the godfather of the Drakensberg Boys Choir. Uh, and then he retired and I start, I, I kept working there for another two years. And then the position at Kersney College came up and I took it by the horns and uh, yeah, it was a very good time. And and you had, I remember your choir was uh, excellent and they were very good at their sort of presentations that they did. They were just not singing, they were doing everything. Yes. And you used to take them on to World Choir Games and things. Yes, we, we participated in three World Choir Games competitions when I was with the Kersney Choir and uh, in 2012 they won the the world championship in folklore music and in 2014 they won the cha champions title for scenic pop scenic pop yes that's when you have to sing and dance at the same time and they were good at that they were very they were good very at that because i remember <laughs> from those concerts at makaranga yeah they were very good dancers and very lively yes and and the nice thing about the kersney boys was that they were just regular boys you know they were not 
musicians. This could so have been the speak. rugby team. Yeah, they were. And and the, the rugby team were always part of the choir at uh, and the first basketball side and the first hockey side. They were all, it, it was very nice working there with those boys. So you were there how long? For seven years. Yeah. And then you got the call to go back to the Drakis. Yes. I, they contacted me when the then artistic director, Johan van der Sant, uh, decided, well, he, he got a post in Italy and they were looking for somebody to replace him. And I was contacted at that time. And yeah, the rest is history. Well, I'm speaking to Bernard Kruger, who's the artistic director of the Drakensberg Boys Choir School. And in fact, you may even be playing on this next recording. I had no idea you were a horn player. This is the famous Thieving Magpie Overture by Rossini. It's played by the KZN Philharmonic Orchestra, of which Bernard was a member. Victor Jampolski is the conductor. That was the KwaZulu-Natal Philharmonic Orchestra under Victor Jampolski playing the overture La Gazza Ladra, The Thieving Magpie, by Rossini. And Bernard Kruger, who's my guest in People of Note, was telling me that he was a French horn player in that orchestra, which I never realized. I had no idea you were a French horn player. Yeah. Do, you, do you miss that side of things, or have you got enough to keep you busy now? You know, uh, I think if you ask any instrumentalist or any musician, they'll tell you that your instrument chooses you. You don't choose the instrument. And with the French horn, I chose the French horn, but the French horn never chose me. Although you could play it jolly well. Yes, well, I, I, I'd like to hope so. Uh, but yeah, it was what you always, were saying, or fair that you got a master's degree in horn playing. Yes, I do. Uh, the the I started taking lessons when I was ten, uh, and f from there I I just kept working, kept kept going through the exams and getting distinctions, and uh, and then ended up studying music uh, in Potchefstroom and with horn and piano as my two main instruments and from there it's it, i mean i i couldn't stop i couldn't uh, i couldn't really give it up after all that time but throughout the 12 or so years that i was playing the horn it was always this this crutch i had to bear uh, so to speak and but i i could play it and i enjoyed it i love the sound of the instrument and i love the culture of horn players you know they they're a special breed of they people they certainly are uh, but I think what the benefit of that was that it gave me this understanding of brass playing and brass instrumentals and uh, how to arrange for brass players. And at the same time, you know, my I, I did double bass as well. And so I finished up to grade eight in double bass. So that gave me the string background. So I really enjoy this this mishung, this uh, mix of, of orchestral and choral music and... But it also gave you uh, an insight into what it is to be in a group of professional musicians. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a very special culture also. Yes, and, and I think when you stand in front of an orchestra or in front of a group of musicians and you need to lead them somehow, uh, I think you have to have a, a very special understanding of all the little nuances of what they deal with on a daily basis, you know, all the injuries they suffer, you know, in their fingers and their backs and their, you know, and the lips and the embouchure and, and everything that goes with it. So it, it helps a lot for any conductor to, to be good with singing and with instrumental playing and definitely on the piano. But just to go back to your choral music background, Arvi was a very special person also. Yes. In, in terms of choral music. 
I think he he was the first real choral conductor that I that I came across uh, since that, that I, I always say it was my virginal uh, singing experience and uh, I, I learned so much from him in terms of musicality and audience experience in a concert and I think that shaped a lot of what I did after that. Your next choice is by Jason Robert Brown, Stars and the Moon, featuring Audra MacDonald. Let's listen to it and then you can tell us about it. That was Stars and the Moon by Jason Robert Brown, uh, sung by Audra MacDonald. And uh, it's quite a very special song to me. Uh, my wife and I met at university and she's also a singer and she heard the song by accident and she fell in love with the song and the story and the text and the the romance of it all and 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 also the 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 actual reality of it and she said she wants to sing this and i said oh well let's let's perform this in the talent competition at the university and this was at potch yes at yeah. potch and and we did it together and i played the horn and she was singing and since then i think the song is it you know i think every couple has our song you know and and i think this is our song and it makes you cry sometimes <laughs> it does i think it will uh, uh, when i listen back every time I, I i get a little twinkle in the eye yeah this is good so you obviously enjoyed your time at university it was great it i think i think every person says that was the best years of their life and uh, yeah i have to agree with that i met uh, I, th I think the, the the melting pot at Pochefstrom at that point in time where we have I've, i'm friends now with f fantastic singers who all live in in europe and across the globe and pianists who are professors in america and uh, we were all studying together and it uh, it's really great to have yeah. been there at that time yeah, because so much of music is this network of people. And it's uh, although it's a huge network, it actually feels like a small network. It's it's quite crazy how often I bump into somebody who knows somebody uh, in Finland who I know. And uh, it, it, the, the entire international network is actually so small and tightly knit. And, and generally, one knows the South Africans that are placed yes. strategically around yes, the world. Definitely. And there are many of them now. Yes, and they and they are doing so well, and we are all so proud of all yeah. of them, from Pretty Yende to right through all of them. Yeah, uh, and there are many, and you know wherever you go now in an opera house, there's usually a South African either in the chorus or as a soloist or working backstage, because we've produced some amazing technicians here too from Tswane University yes. of Technology. They're they're amazing people from South Africa, and they've got they're quite adventurous. Yes. So they end up in extraordinary places. And I think the nice thing about South Africans is that they they're not afraid of working. They not they, at all. they are very hard working people and uh, and the 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 interesting thing is that because of our environment and the way we have to kind of make plans all the time, they're very good at Burmaka plan and solutions and finding little creative uh solutions for things. Yeah. Now, explain to us the next one, Maritza. Yeah, so this lady is probably the the biggest exponent of fado music in Portugal. And when I was living in Holland, uh, I, I stayed in a in a commune with with other music students from the Royal Conservatory, and they introduced me to this lady. And yeah, the rest is history.
That was Maritza singing, if my pronunciation is correct, Mio Fado Mio. Mio Fado. Mio Fado Mio. You've got to say it with a Portuguese, yeah. uh, with you a know, some greasy voice. chips in the background. <laughs> that was the choice of Bernard Kruger, who's my guest in People of Note. He's the artistic director of the Drakensberg Boys Choir School. And I think in the second hour of the program, you must tell us more about the school and where you want to take the choir and what you've been doing in the past year or so, because uh, I guess you're getting near the end of the year now. It must be, how, how long have you been back there now? Three years. And you're building it all up again into a sort of real music machine now. We, we're trying. We're trying. It's but it's hard work. Hard work. It's hard it, work. It really goes slower than you, you'd want things to happen. And the wheels always turn at half the pace that, that my brain is turning. So it's a, it's, it's a constant challenge. And have you got a good team up there? We have. Uh, our music department is, is a joy to work with. Uh, such dedicated people who, who never complain when they need to get on the bus and travel to some godforsaken little village uh, you know in the free state or uh, in northern lapopo to go and give a concert and they they're just fun people to work with and very good and talented at do you, music do you do a lot of traveling we travel a great deal we uh, we we travel internationally once a year and then we try and cover as much ground as we can throughout the rest of the year locally and how do the boys fit all their schoolwork around that we have school on Saturdays, so if we are at, at at school, then the boys will have lessons until lunchtime on Saturdays, and that makes up for the time that we lose on tour. And we we also try and ha we have dedicated Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays where we try to never be on tour on on those days, so that we know that at least if anything is sacrosanct, academics will be saved on those three days. Yeah. And I think on every Wednesday you have a concert at the school. Yes, that also becomes sort of like a days. Uh, and every Wednesday afternoon we we entertain people in our auditorium, and we have up to eighteen thousand people per year to who pass through our auditorium. Tourists, visitors, tourists, yeah. visitors, uh, school groups, other choirs in, from 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 South Africa and also from abroad, who come and visit us, and then they perform with us. We do workshops together. It's merry, it's nice. So it's a pretty busy schedule. Yes, we. I think I think if you are a member of the school and, and a and a boy, you you learn how to to cope with such strenuous uh, scheduling and. Uh, and, and planning it, it and you know, how to manage your time exactly and yeah. they need to fit in homework in the evenings and very often we write exams and during the exam period there's still a concert so they have to prepare and learn music and uh, at the same time as studying for the maths exams well i have to say that i've got uh, several ex drakis in my choirs and they're all incredibly good at that so it's a, a tribute to their life there that they manage to do what they do they're good businessmen who sing and music teachers who sing and so on. So I'm aware of the fact that they have had a good training. Your next choice is Liza Minnelli and Joel Gray singing Money, Money. 
That was Money Money from the musical Cabaret. And my father is the inspiration for this choice. He was a dramatist and a, and a, and a thespian of note. And uh, he introduced me to this film and uh, it will be forever one of the greatest films in, and musicals that I know. Bernard Kruger, Artistic Director of the Drakensberg Boys Choir School, is my guest in People of Note, which is the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. It's just about 7 o'clock. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back after this. Hideaway by Jacob Collier, who was also performing there. The choice of my guest in People of Note, Bernard Kruger, the Artistic Director of the Drakensberg Boys Choir School. Bernard, just tell us this year, I guess every year is a busy year, but it seems this year you've made a recording, you've been at the World Choir Games, you've been on a tour. Just tell us a bit about your year that's been. Yes, I I always hope that next year will be a little bit more relaxed than this year. But Never. last year, uh, last year was extremely uh, intense. We were in Japan for six weeks last year, and this year... We had an international tour to Switzerland and Austria and Germany. We were invited by the organizers of the International Youth Music Festival in Basel, Switzerland, to be their guest choir. And so we, we traveled there and spent two weeks in Europe with the choir. And that was a week after our Music in the Mountains Festival. So we've, we've had the festival, then got on the plane the next day, uh, traveled to Europe, came back, and then it was a month of preparation time for the World Choir Games, which happened in Pretoria this year. And we took part in two competitions there. And uh, the, that was the children's choirs. And the, we also took part in the scenic pop category again. And the choir did really well. They We've never taken part in a competition. The Drakensberg Boys Choir, I think the last time they performed in a competition was in 1983. They they won the Choir of the World and the Audience Prize at the Zimriya Festival in Israel. And ever since then, I think our board had a decision to not compete because the Vienna Boys Choir don't compete. So why should the Drakensberg Boys Choir compete in competitions? And I came back to the school in 2016 and I th I thought, you know, there are so many good choirs nowadays. How how can we say that we are the best boys choir if we don't put ourselves on a, pe you know, on a stage where we can get measured? And I'm very happy now after this <laughs> competition because there was a lot of pressure uh, on, on everyone, really, and uh, whether we'd live up to it. And... The boys did really well. They came back with two gold medals uh, for, and also a world champion title. So we are very pleased with them. And on the world ranking list, there's a top 1,000. And I've checked through the, through the list now <laughs> just to make sure. But we are now, we can now safely say we are the, one of the best boys choirs Tick. in the world. Tick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and your tour to Germany and Switzerland? Oh, it was glorious. It, uh, it, it's always w wonderful when you go to the heart of music and Western music and can perform you know, and, and expose the boys to that culture. And do you perform with other choirs or is it always on your own? It depends on the, on the occasion. At the, at the Youth Music Festival, we performed a lot of 
collaboration concert. So there would be two choirs or three choirs with us, and we'd do a set each. Uh, there was also some massed choir items that happened. And then when we were on the rest of the tour, we'd perform by ourselves, and we'd be the headline act. But I think South Africa has quite a good name as a choral country. I think we have one of the best names as a as a choral destination, really. The Stellenbosch University Choir is ranked number one in the world from amateur choirs. And on the list of the top ten, I think we 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 claim almost six of the, for five or six of the spots. Really? Yes, we have amazing choirs from our country. And obviously, you've you've been part of these world choir games, so you know how the whole thing operates. Yes, I've been yeah. on the jury uh, two times already, and also at the European choir games, I, I sat in the jury, and I think that gives you a, a good insight into how uh, the choral world operates and uh, yeah it also gives you some tips I suppose uh, how to improve your own performance. Now your next choice is by a composer who's become very popular recently Eric Whittaker just tell us a little bit about his music and about this particular piece. Yes so Eric is I think he's the superstar of of choral music at the moment and his his records sell in the hundreds of thousands which is in classical music very good and I think all choirs perform his pieces wherever you go you hear a piece by Eric Whittaker and I think one of his talents is the fact that he can dissect uh, things and analyze them and and then put them into a choral landscape and that's exactly what he does with this piece which is actually a song by Depeche Mode enjoy the silence uh, it's from the 80s and he dissected the lyrics and tried to get the emotion of what was being said and translated it into this beautiful choral work. Sound as though someone was enjoying that. I think everyone, yes, everyone. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I was just thinking of the, the applause and the cheers. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing. And the choral music somehow... I know at these uh, like competitions and things, people go pretty crazy for choirs, screaming and shouting and, yes. and just loving it. It's I, I, like a football match. It, uh, it, it has become some, something that, that, that really transformed over the last years. Uh, we performed in Johannesburg recently, and I, I think that the audiences in Johannesburg are just some of the warmest, most receptive audiences we've ever performed for. Uh, I, 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 I would almost compare them to the... To the Americans who, I mean, they, they just scream and shout for anything. Uh, and that's not no disrespect to any any people from the United States. I, I love your country. But uh, the, the, the audiences in Johannesburg particularly, as compared to the rest of the country, are really lively and vibrant. I want to get on to another subject which maybe comes up for you uh, at the Drakensberg Boys Choir School. Do you ever get criticized for not having girls? We get the question a lot. Uh, in the last two years, there has actually been a girls' choir school founded, and they are called the Drakendale Girls' Choir School. But they are still in their infancy at the moment, so we're all looking with eager anticipation to see what's going to happen uh, with them as, a, as an institution. But for us, the, it's a quite a simple answer, and that is that the, the, the tone quality of boys singing is so different from what girls do and you you cannot actually marry the two if you if you want to have that purity and and the clarity of sound then you have to work with boys only and secondly i think 
because we're so far away from everything, we kind of secluded there in the mountains. I think it would be a really dangerous situation if we had boys and girls together in the same school, in the same boarding houses. And uh, yeah, well, well, you'd have to have twice the facilities. Yes, anyway. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd need to have a, a separate. Practically, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Now I was just wondering if you, you know, you had criticism because in this world of equality today, people yeah. want the same opportunities. Yes. So I, I think. This comes from history, and I think there's a there's such a long-standing history dating back 500 years of boys' choirs, and I think for us, we're just proud of, to be part of that heritage. Yeah, well, as uh, listeners will know, I was part of that heritage in the UK for a while, but a lot of those cathedral choirs have come under huge pressure to have girls' choirs as well, and many of them have now. Mm-hmm. Here comes a fantastic female singer, Joyce Di Donato, and this is one of those amazing arias by George Frederick Handel, Scherza in Fida from Ariodante. Wonderful music by George Frederick Handel. The aria was Scherza in Fida from Ariodante. Joyce Di Donato singing with in Il Complesso Barocco, which is yet another Baroque ensemble. The choice of Bernard Kruger, the artistic director of the Drakensberg Boys Choir School, who's my guest in People of Note. Do you do much Baroque music with the boys? We actually, I have a, a piece in our repertoire at the moment from the High Mass, one of the movements from Bach's High Mass. And we also have a piece by Zwilink in our repertoire at the moment. So we do try to expose the boys to it, but I find that it's it's becoming increasingly difficult to engage boys and teenagers really with uh, with. The, the great masters and uh, and great masters of music because I feel like the, the society and the culture that they grow up in nowadays is uh, is completely removed from that and we need to almost reinvent ways of how to inspire them to to feel akin to to this music there was a time when uh, the Drakis used to do St. John Passion mm. Handel's Messiah you don't do big works like that anymore. We we do. We have uh, last year we performed the entire Carmina Burana, and this year we did the Chichester Psalms by Bernstein, and uh, we are planning a big Easter work for next year. So it might. Uh, I don't want to let any cats out of the bag because uh, things things you know always change, <laughs> but uh, we we do try to to fit in a large work every year, but it becomes it becomes really expensive to to get the musicians and, hire and, orchestras and, things, and yeah. get all the parts sorted from overseas so there are so many challenges involved that uh, we can't do it all the time but for me the the, the great works and the great oratorio are will always be a go-to place and i, I love them so uh, for, from my point of view i hope they never die out they certainly won't uh morton lauritsen another important more recent name in choral music a bit like eric whitaker but a bit older than him uh, and uh, my choir sung a lot of his music as well and nicole matt who's the conductor of this next piece has been out here to south africa this is the chamber choir of europe singing a piece by morton larson called o manu mysterium beautiful sounds there from the chamber choir of europe under nicole matt singing o manu mysterium by morton larson and both that music and the music of Eric Whittaker seem to explore warm, rich sounds. These composers love the sound that choirs make. Yes, and specifically when 
uh, when voices come closer to each other, then there's so much tension that happens. And it, I, I always think of it as magnetic uh, energy and uh, electromagneticism in between the voice parts. And when they get closer to each other, there's this, the sparks start flying and yeah, I, I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, it's it's wonderful music. Do you sing some of it with your boys too? We do, we do. Have they written music for upper voices? Well, this is a good time to explore this. You have the whole range of voices. You have a four-part yes. choir. Yes, we, we are one of the very few choirs who are a mixed boys choir. So we have sopranos, altos, tenors, and basses. And depending on the year and the year group, sometimes the basses are really powerful and they can sing quite deep and low notes. And other years when, you know, it, you, you don't have a strong bass group like that. But uh, it, uh, it's possible for us to sing really good adult repertoire. And I think that's the, the magic of our school and the choir is that, that we'd like to think our boys can sing anything. And that's unusual in boys' choirs because usually when their voices change, then they leave. Yes, they have to leave. Yeah. And, and that's still the case with the Vienna Boys' Choir and with, with many of the, the well-known boys' choirs. Which are just upper voices. They all yeah. have only trebles singing and and i think th that's also part of our challenge is because boys voices change and for every boy it happens at a different time it happens in a different manner some boys voices break easily and they just glide down other boys have a really traumatic experience and you know a they go from change, yeah. yeah and they go from from being a soloist to being virtually able to sing only five notes and so then we need to help them grow and uh, move through this and it's a whole emotional yeah, and, experience and for someone who's who sings every day yeah. it can be pretty traumatic yes i remember for me uh I, I didn't even notice that it happened because i would the only place i could notice it was when i was singing in church when i was singing hymns and i used to just not sing i stood there and i didn't have the I didn't want to sing. Yeah, I, I, my voice just slid down yeah, slowly. You were one of the lucky ones. Then. I was one of the lucky yeah. ones, and I, I just went from treble to alto, uh, and I stayed in alto for a long time. Yeah, I mean, until I was thirty, I was still singing counter tenor. Counter tenor. Yeah, and so that was an easy change for me. Yeah, yeah. You were very lucky. I was. <laughs> uh, Mozart is your next choice, and this is the famous Dies Irae from his Requiem. Wonderful music there from Mozart. That was the Dies Irae from his Requiem Mass. And just some uh, advance notice that early next year, uh, there will be a performance of the Mozart Requiem here in Johannesburg as part of the Joburg International Mozart Festival. It'll be sung by the Symphony Choir of Johannesburg. And it's on the first Sunday in February. So there's a bit of advance notice for you. Bernard, how long does it take you to get going at the beginning of the year? Obviously, you lose a lot of boys. How, how many turn over at the end of a year? So we lose our entire grade 9 class. At which the is end, how many? Which this year is 21 boys. That's quite a lot. Uh, and yes, it's all your broken voices. Yes, it's and, and it's all the most experienced boys. And they're the ones who kind of carry the choir. They play most of the percussion instruments. And, and they take a lead in sorting out the discipline and you know, teaching the younger ones. So it's quite a loss at the end of every year. And then we need to start from scratch the following year. In We, we normally open mid-January. And then we have a five-week rehearsal period before our first concert so we do have five weeks to to Settle prepare down. and yeah and and kind of get a new choir up and running but i i find that 
the 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 new year's choir only becomes mature in 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 their singing from the second half of the year so you know after the july holidays we get back and then the choir sound changes and you notice all these things that just fall and start falling into place and up until then it's just you know screaming shouting you know tearing your hair out uh and and chaos half the time. Well, I, I'm very lucky that the screaming and shouting is going to happen because we're working together early next year yes. at Starlight Classics in Cape Town. So that's quite early on in your year. Yes. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a stressful concert in that it's big and open air and microphones and everything. But but it's quite a, a comforting surrounding, actually. Yes, and it's it's always so much fun for the boys. For them, it's it's one of the highlights of the year to be on that big stage and be surrounded by all the great names and have the orchestra behind them and then obviously the audience the the big audience so for listeners in cape town that's coming up uh right at the end of february that starlight classics at fergelegen in somerset west so the drakensberg boys choir will be there and there'll also be the cape town opera chorus and in fact we're going to be discussing just after we've finished recording this program, we're going to be discussing the program for Cape Town. So lots to look forward to in the coming year. And have you got an international tour lined up? We do, but uh, we haven't uh, told our parents and, and the boys yet. So it's all... It, all secret. It's all, it's all secret, yes. <laughs> and will you, will you tell us about your next choice now? Yes, yeah, so this is a song by Laura Mvula. She lives in the UK at the moment, but she was born in South Africa. And she's a jazz singer, and her album was was making such waves that uh, that uh, a lot of people took notice of her. And I just love the way that she incorporates the vocals and and the song. That was Laura Mvula singing "She," and I see that your your final choice is uh, a sort of homies' choice of Ladysmith Black Mombazo. And I guess your, the choir sings some of these pieces too. Yes, we do. And I think the the legacy of of Ladysmith Black Mombazo will just you know, shape. I think it has shaped the choral landscape for many years and will in in future years. And this whole Ifatamia style is so unique and it is so vibrant that I I just find that you know I've never heard anything else in the world that that comes close to it. And uh, repertoire-wise, are you already have you already chosen the repertoire for next year, or are you busy doing that even as we speak? I my colleague is from Switzerland uh, who works with me, and he's been with us for the last six weeks, and we we're busy working on a program for next year. But it's very nice for me to have this inspiration of uh, you know of a European influence, and it's all process at the moment. Yeah, because. Actually, funny enough, I mean, we're all interconnected in the, the modern world very easily through the Internet. But physically, up in the mountains, you're quite remote. Yes, we are. And yeah. we feel it. Do you? Yes, we do feel it. Yeah. And, and we need to actively m- make plans to engage with, with other musicians and with the music fraternity. And I guess if people want to contact you, that's quite easy. If people, I mean, if they're listeners perhaps who sing in choirs who might want to visit you, how do they do that? Yeah, so we we always have a concert on a Wednesday during term time. So it's very easy to check on our website, which is www.dbchoir.com. 
and you can find all the information there. And we sell tickets on webtickets.co.za. There you are, www.dbchoir.com. And have you got a CD coming out? We have got a CD coming out. We've just recorded. We're very excited about it. And it's now in the post-production phase. So I think it will be early next year that we can see a release for that album. There are lots to look forward to from the Drakensberg Boys Choir. As I was saying, if you're down in the Western Cape, then you can come and listen at the end of February. We'll be at Starlight Classics at Fergelegen. And Bernard will be there with his choir. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be, you'll be traveling around South Africa too next year to various places. Yes, we are planning uh, to attend the Grahamstown Arts Festival in July and then tour the Western Cape and possibly even some of the borders uh, across the borders. But all that information will be on your website. Yes. www.dbchoir.com And here to round off the program is... Ladysmith Black Mombazo with Hello My Baby. Ladysmith Black Mombazo, directed by Joseph Shabalala, Hello My Baby. And that rounds off Bernard's choices for tonight. My guest in People of Note has been Bernard Kruger, Artistic Director of the Drakensberg Boys Choir School. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. And good luck for all your activities next year. Have a good holiday. Thank you. We have a short one. You have we'll a short enjoy one. it. I bet you will, because I know what your life is like. It's pretty hectic. And I guess you're all winding up for the end of the year now. Here we are on the 16th. Not long to go now till the end of the year. But uh, people are starting to move away for holidays or families are starting to come to you. And I hope you enjoy the programs that we offer here on Classic 1027. So stay tuned. I'll be back uh, tomorrow, I'll be here for one more hour with uh, opera and vocal music, but I'll be back with full works each weekday evening from 8 to 11. Thanks for listening and a very good night.